This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Lay your head down on my shoulder, don't hold it in your hands. Tell me all your troubles and I'll try to understand. I know your heart's still tender and I know that it still hurts. But things can only get better when it seems they can't get any worse. Hello and welcome to the Fighting Stigma Show here on Free FM 89.0, independent community media, and also on Raglan Community Radio, Arrow FM, Otago Access Radio, and Radio Kidnappers. And also available on Spotify through the Free FM website at freefm.org.nz. So I'm your host Vanessa and today I'm really happy to be back in the studio and sharing with you part four of our ten part series on the Action for Happiness keys to happier living but before I get into all the juiciness talking about awareness which is what is part four of the happier living series I'm going to have a quick word about our sponsor progress to health progress to health believes in creating communities without barriers and to achieve that we tailor supports to adults experiencing mental health and or disabilities based on their goals to encourage recovery independence and community involvement progress to health has teams that provide peer support recovery education workshops employment preparation and support including navigation with other services service users are allocated a community support facilitator on referral depending on their goals to mental recovery and achievement we have offered in Hamilton, Tokoro, and New Plymouth. So if that sounds like something you or someone you know might be interested in and you are in the Waikato DHB region, Tauranaki or Taupo, um, then have a listen to this ad I'm about to play um, for Progress to Health and get in touch with us. At Progress to Health, we provide a range of support for those who have experienced mental illness. People who have dealt with mental illness and associated disabilities are supported holistically to maximise their potential. We want to empower your journey to recovery. Check out our website, www.progresstohealth.org.nz or call us free on 0800 77 57 57. Now, don't stress if you missed any of those contact details. I do play that ad again at the very end of the show of Funding Stigma. So stick around, grab a pen and paper, and you'll be able to grab all those contact details for Progress to Health. If you think, hey, that sounds like something to be really helpful for myself or for someone else. Okay, let's jump straight into this. So part four of the Action for Happiness, Happier Li- Keys to Happier Living. So awareness. So I'm just reading straight from the website, which you can find all of these on the Action for Happiness website, which is actionforhappiness.org. So action for happiness is all one word, and the four is the word, so F-O-R. So action, F-O-R, happiness. So awareness. Live life mindfully. Ever felt like there must be more to life? Well, good news, there can be, as long as we can learn to be more mindful and aware. Being mindful can be a firm foundation for well-being. Studies show that the practice of mindfulness can reduce stress levels, 
help us manage our emotions and reactions and tune in better to how we are and others are fe- how we and others are feeling and cultivate compassion for ourselves and others. This helps us make wiser choices, can boost our relationships and mean we feel happier and calmer. It can also have benefits for school and in the workplace too. Individually, we may vary in our natural levels of mindfulness, but everyone can learn to be more mindful, and there are lots of ways we can incorporate that into our daily lives. It's simple, but takes practice. Think of it as training for your brain. Now, I know various times in the past, um, Fighting Second, I've talked all about mindfulness and how I feel that self-awareness is one of the biggest things and a, a great important step in our well-being and in our series of recovery when we're experiencing mental health issues. So I think this is going to be a really great uh, section for from the 10 keys to happier living. Okay, mindfulness matters for modern living. Today, the skill and practice of mindfulness matters more than ever. As a result of our devices and social media, there are a lot there are a lot more competing. There's a lot more competing for our attention than ever before. More than a human brain brain is involved for. As useful as this technology is, it's designed to capture and hold our attention. We can lose hours scrolling on our phone without realizing it. It can also create information overload and fuel social comparisons, adding to our stress levels and even causing distress. Many of us live very busy lives too, with ever-expanding to-do lists, often juggling work or studies, home and taking care of others as well as ourselves. We can find ourselves multitasking or living much of our life on autopilot, our minds caught off, caught up ticking off our to-dos, going over the past, worrying or making plans for the future, rather than focusing on the present, what we are doing and experiencing, who we are with and what's going on around us. Learning to be mindful enables us to more actively choose where our attention is. It helps us notice what we are experiencing and whether it supports or is harmful for our well-being. So rather than being an autopilot, on autopilot or at the mercy of our busy life, busy mind or our devices, we can better choose where to place our attention. This can help us feel calmer, more in control and even more capable. So what is mindfulness? In essence, mindfulness is the process of openly paying attention with awareness to our experience in the present moment. It's not something new. Forms of it have been practiced in many different cultures and faiths for millennia and could be found in Christianity, Judaism, Islam, as well as Buddhism. However, it's a capacity we've somewhat lost. Since fewer of us practice a religion, the speed of life has become fast because some of us, few of us practice a religion, also the speed of life has become faster, and the amount of information we process in our daily lives has increased. The term mindfulness was popularized by a scientist called John Kabat-Zinn, who wanted to make this ancient beneficial, ancient beneficial practice assess- accessible to people, but without the need to be religious or have a particular faith. He defined mindfulness as paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, and non-judgmentally. So let's unpack that a bit. So on purpose means when we are mindful, we choose, we actively choose where to place our attention. As we learn to practice mindfulness, this can, this could be on our breath, our body, our thoughts, or the sounds around us. 
in the present moment means choosing to focus on what's here now, not getting caught up in thoughts or worries about the past or future. When our mind invariably wanders, noticing what it has done that it's done so and bringing it back to where we are choosing to place our attention. Non-judgmentally refers to having an attitude of kindness, openness and curiosity to what we notice as we focus our attention. This might include sensations in the body, emotions and or thoughts. When we are practicing the mindfulness, we are practicing mindfulness, we notice these in a kind, gentle way without interpreting them as good or bad. Just accepting what we notice as it is, a thought, a sensation, an emotion. It's like we're a benign observer of our experience, not caught up in the middle of the drama of it. So maybe try it out. So set a timer for one minute. In that time, simply focus on how your breath feels as it comes in and out of your nose or mouth. If thoughts, sensations or emotions arise, just gently acknowledge these but don't get caught up in them. And then gently, kindly bring your attention back to your breath. It may take a few tries to get the hang of this. There's more to life when we stop and notice. Being more engaged in the present moment can lead to a richer experience of the things that might otherwise pass us by while we're wrapped up in the thoughts about the past or thinking or worrying about what we're going to be doing next. For example, noticing the leaves dancing on a tree, a bird singing, the smell of new blossom, the colour of the sky or the flicker of a smile as someone passes by. Of course, we need to think ahead and make plans, and it can also be beneficial to recollect, to savour or process an experience. However, as we begin to be more mindful, we may be surprised at just how much time we usually spend outside the present moment, and how pleasurable and calming being a bit more focused on the here and now can be. When we are mindful, we also likely notice difficult thoughts, emotions and sensations that sometimes arise. By learning not to get caught up in these, we can step back and better choose how we want to react to them. Accepting these rather than suppressing or fighting them can help contain our, contain our power over them. So maybe try it. So pause right now. Notice what's around you. What can you see, hear or smell? Now check in how you are feeling right now. What sensations and emotions do you notice? The next section is how do we learn to be mindful? One of the most popular ways of learning mindfulness is through the practice of meditation. Usually we start with focusing on our breath, which is useful as it's something we always have with us. Yeah, you always have your lungs, hopefully, like you have to breathe, so it's breathing is a nice easy way to start. For example, as above, we might focus our attention on noticing how the air feels that comes in and goes out of our nose or mouth. When we notice our mind has wandered, as it will do, that's what the human mind does, we simply and gently bring our attention back to our breath, over and over again. That's brain training. We might try this for a few minutes at a time, set a gentle reminder, and build it up. Studies show that practicing this for just 10 minutes a day boosts well-being. However, bigger boosts in well-being come from really practicing 20 minutes or more per day. Many people find that setting aside a regular time to practice day practice really helps, i.e. before your shower in the morning or even when you've finished work. 
It's like if you, it's sometimes that sort of practice works really well if you tie it in with a certain time of day, so it's easier for you to get into the habit or make it, it makes work. So yeah, it works into your brain, this is when I do this. At first, many people find attending a short course helpful, either in person or online. The most researched program was developed by John Kabat-Zinn and is called Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction, or MBSR. It is typically taught in two to two-and-a-half-hour classes per week for six to eight weeks, plus guided home practice. Initially, it was for people with chronic pain, but has evolved to be widely taught around the world by well-trained mindfulness teachers. When looking for a mindfulness teacher, do check that they have training and are an experienced practitioner. There are also lots of apps available to learn from that can support your ongoing practice. Mindfulness practice doesn't work for everyone, and if you have a clinical diagnosis, do check with your doctor before signing up for a program. Some doctors can even prescribe a mindfulness course if they think it would be beneficial. I know for myself that uh, when I was seeing a clinical psychologist, when I was really not very well, uh, she was talking to me about when mindfulness first came out, she was all like, ah, hodgepodge, it's like, you know, kind of, she was completely dismissive of it. But now, after many years and reading all of the research that's gone into mindfulness and the difference it makes, she was a big component for it because she said regular mindful practice actually changes how your brain works in very, very beneficial and positive ways. And so she was very much a component for, like, if you can make mindfulness work in your life in whatever way, do it every day. <laughs> do a little bit every day. If you can get up to 10 or 20 minutes every day, it's fantastic and it will make a difference. And so I definitely know that most doctors will actually be quite, uh, will find you doing mindfulness beneficial, but definitely check in. And it is also... Don't beat yourself up if mindfulness does not work for you, if meditation does not work for you. It doesn't work for everybody. Some people just don't like it. Uh, some people I've found even just doing a breathing exercise, they find it makes them quite agitated. So it's like, okay, don't use that as a coping strategy. That is completely okay. There are other ones to try. It's just, this is an offer that if you think, hey, mindfulness or meditation might be something useful, give it a go. So practicing mindfulness can have benefits for our well-being. There is a growing body of quality research that shows how regular mindfulness practice can have many benefits for our health and happiness. Mindfulness has been shown to increase psychological and social well-being as well as physical health, leading to higher levels of life satisfaction, more positive emotions and fewer negative ones. Higher levels of mindfulness can also be associated with better quality sleep. Mindfulness is not a panacea, so it's not a cure-all not a panacea, and it may just be one element of a treatment plan for those with complex health needs. But it can help reduce or manage anxiety and depression, boost our immune system, and help people manage chronic pain. Many of the benefits of mindfulness on physical health may be through the reduction of chronic stress. And individuals with higher levels of mindfulness tend to view damaging situation, or, sorry, demanding situations as less stressful and are less likely to avoid dealing with them. Now, how wouldn't that be great? So demanding situations that we just find stressful and overwhelming and we avoid, like if we had something to help us deal with those and actually do them, wouldn't that make a lot difference in life? Mindfulness is often associated with relaxation and rest, but it's not the same as these. 
During the practice of mindfulness, our awareness is active, and science has shown that those there is a physiological difference. There is physiological differences when compared to periods of rest or relaxing. It seems to help us feel more relaxed whilst being more alert. Mindfulness may have benefits across the lifespan. Specific programs in schools indicate that it has the potential to boost mental health, resilience and well-being, cognitive performance whilst also reducing aggression. It can also help our performance in the workplace, including, including better decision making, health and safety, collaboration, conflict resolution, the ability to lead, a complex, lead in complex situations and patient care and communication in healthcare settings. It has also been shown to be related to elderly people living healthier for longer. So mindfulness can help us just feel happier. In addition to its benefits for our health and psychological functioning, mindfulness has been shown to directly increase our levels of positive emotions in a number of different scientific studies. An early study showed that a group that received a happiness enhancement program along with meditation instruction showed increased happiness compared to those receiving the happiness program alone. Likewise, studies with people experiencing depression found that receiving mindfulness-based cognitive therapy, a well-designed and researched program derived from MS, oh, sorry, MBSR, especially for people with reoccurrent depression, were less likely to have a relapse than those receiving standard treatment. It may also have a complementary effect on maintenance on maintenance antidepressant medication. Factors that can be toxic to our sorry, factors that can be toxic to our levels of happiness are social comparison and overly focusing on what we don't have. For example, we don't have a better phone or a car or a bigger house. A study of financial desires and of UK college students and US working adults found higher mindfulness is related to smaller difference between what people had and what they wanted. And this was relate, related to greater subjective well-being, a measure of how happy people are. Importantly, this did not seem to be due to the level of personal or household income, albeit the group studied could be regarded as middle class. Uh, and further, when one group's mindfulness skills were developed, their financial have-want gap decreased and their subjective well-being increased. Mindfulness helps us manage our minds. The human mind naturally wanders, often unconsciously. So a lot of the time our awareness isn't where we might want it to be, and when it wanders we tend to be less happy. Regular practice of mindfulness enables us to be more aware of where our mind is and bring it back when it does wander. Mindfulness leads to being better at re regulating our reactions and behaviour, which in turn boosts our well-being. When we practice mindfulness, we have a fuller awareness of internal and external information, enabling a more accurate assessment of the present situation. We are able, more able to pause and step back and react from choice rather than impulse. Being more mindful of our patterns of thought, especially those that are unhelpful and accurate, and relating related feelings is also associated with reduction of rumination, self-judgment, anxiety and depression, which leads to increased resilience and psychological well-being. Other studies have shown the practice of mindfulness can improve working memory and cognitive flexibility, our ability to concentrate and learn and even boost creative thinking, such as it encourages an open and accepting attitude. 
Um, so there's a little option on the website here of try it so take a mindful pause with mark williams so i think it's just something you could listen to if you're on on the website so mindfulness and the brain we might think of mindfulness mindfulness practice as brain conditioning research suggests that regular practice literally changes our brains for the better mindfulness seems to have positive changes in the brain in those areas associated with regulating stress and the fight or flight response Changes such as the density of grey matter in the neuronal networks of the brain associated with attention, learning, memory, emotion regulation, self-awareness and compassion have been seen at the end of an eight-week course of MBSR. The brains of people who have been practicing mindfulness regularly show patterns of activation in the areas of our brain that our brain associate with feeling good and reduced activation in areas associated with worry and stress. So for example, people who've practiced mindfulness regularly have been found to have positive changes in the parts of the brain associated with positive emotion, distinct patterns of activity associated with compassion towards others, and thickening of the areas of the brain associated with sensory processing. Some studies have shown that it can help reverse the effects of chronic stress in our brain. Incorporating mindful moments into your day. Learning how to meditate is just one way, albeit a very good one, of learning and practicing mindfulness. You can bring mindfulness into your day at any time when you're awake. For example, as you eat, walking to school or work, sitting in a garden or park, or even in the shower. So here are some ideas to try. As you enter your house or flat, be aware of your sensations and feelings as you enter. How does the floor feel between your feet? What are the noises do you hear? What noises do you hear? What smells do you notice? What colours do you see? As you step outside, look up at the sky and see the sky and the clouds or the stars. Notice the feeling of the air on your body or the warmth of the sun or sensation of the wind. Look up at some trees and notice how they are. Are there different shapes and colours? Look at the textures of their bark leaves branches notice how these move in the sounds of the leaves can you see the sunlight through the foliage or the drops of rain on the leaves what insects are buzzing nearby what else do you notice when you're doing something pleasurable such as taking a warm shower or bath petting patting your dog or cat stroking your child's hair or sitting down for a moment of peace be really present really notice what it is you find pleasurable about the experience and how it makes you feel when you eat a piece of fruit or chocolate, try doing so mindfully. Before you put it in your mouth, notice the colour, shape, texture and smell. How does it feel in your hands? Take a small bite, but don't chew. Notice how it feels in your mouth. What is the texture now? What can you re already taste? If you move it around your mouth, does this change? Then start to eat. Feel the texture and notice all the flavours as you chew the food slowly and as you swallow. And the last section, mindfulness, compassion and caring. Some mindfulness-based practices specifically focus on cultivating compassion towards others and ourselves. Compassion is defined as sensitivity to the suffering of oneself and others, with a commitment to prevent and alleviate it. Compassion-focused practices, of which is the most well-known as loving-kindness meditation, specifically cultivate positive feelings towards others, such as warmth and kindness. They may also incorporate appraisal of difficult feelings we might have in relation to others. In contrast, in classic mindfulness, the emphasis is on neutral and open, present moment awareness and whatever we are experiencing. 
Now we've reached the time uh, that we a section we always do in the Fighting Stigma show, which is a series of support lines. So if you're finding you're needing to reach out and talk to someone, grab some of these numbers and you know who to call. So the first support line that I want to give you is 1737. Now that's pretty much what it's called, so need to talk. 1737. It's a free call or text service and it's available 24 7, um, so 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you'll get to talk or text with a trained counsellor and this service is completely free. So if you're feeling anxious or um, run down, depressed, needing to talk to someone, give them a call or give them a text. 1737. The next number I want to give you is the Crisis Assessment Team, or CAT Team, and their number is 0800 50 50 50. So that's assistance for people who are in crisis in the Waikato DHB region. So they're a Crisis Assessment Team, they're part of the Community Mental Health, um, so they are kind of like right up there with when things are going really, really wrong, it's very urgent care is needed um, around mental health. So that number again is 0800 50 50 50. The next number I want to give you is Lifeline. So Lifeline is an amazing service. It's a 24-hour telephone support service available for anyone needing emotional support. So 24-7, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Now their number is 0800 543-354 and they have trained counsellors and just amazing people that you can have a talk to no matter what time of day it is. The next number I want to give you is the Depression Helpline. Now the Depression Helpline is related to depression.org.nz. Um, you may have seen some of their ads around like the, um, with John Kewen. They have a whole lot of videos on the online service, but this is the phone line service. So Depression Helpline 0800 111 757. Now they're there, they're, if you just have someone, you need someone safe to talk to, they're available from 8am in the morning to midnight and they're a really great service, just someone calm and like gentle to talk to about whatever's going on for you. Now the next number I've got for you is not a mental health support line, it's actually the health line. So it's health information service for all the family and it's staffed by registered nurses who will give information and advice. I have used this line, it's for general health, medical, um, medical health, physical health and it's really amazing because sometimes when things are going wrong with your body, you don't know what's happening, you're not sure if we need to go the ambulance route or you need to go to the hospital. They're trained nurses, so they will actually ask you a bunch of questions. You can answer them, and they'll let you know what you need to do, and it's a huge relief. So the Healthline number is 0800 611 116, and that's available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The next number I want to give you is the Suicide Prevention Helpline. Now, this is support, information and resources to people who are at risk of suicide and or the family of family or whanau and friends supporting them. Now, it's available from midday to midnight and their number is 0508 Totoko, which is 0508 828 865. Now, the next number I want to give you is the Shine Confidential Helpline. And the Shine Confidential Helpline specialises in domestic violence to help keep people safe from abuse. So their number is 0508744633. And the last number that I want to give you is I want to give you the outline. Now this is a gay and lesbian outline New Zealand. So it's support for people, um, gay and lesbian people, people um, who 
want to have someone to talk to about whatever's going on around that because quite often we need a bit of extra support and when you're not getting that support that can definitely lead to mental health stuff. So this is a really great line. Um, so the outline, the number is 0800 688 5463. But that's all we have time for today, so hopefully this is giving you a few ideas. But from us here, take care. At Progress to Health, we provide a range of support for those who have experienced mental illness. People who have dealt with mental illness and associated disabilities are supported holistically to maximise their potential. We want to empower your journey to recovery. Check out our website, www.progresstohealth.org.nz or call us free on 0800-775757. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out more.